time for State of Play with David Adam, brought to you by Tri-City Sports, located at the Main Center at 6th and Main, and XL Performance Health and Wellness at 8th and State. And here's David Adam. Hello. Yes, that's right. My name is David Adam. Uh, I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor at Muddy River News. Uh, I've also coached youth sports teams since I was 14 years old, and we're going to talk about soccer. On today's podcast, joining me is Cody Smith with the Quincy United Soccer Club. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. How are you, uh, Just so you know, I, I had uh, a daughter who played uh, Quincy United soccer many moons ago. I had two daughters who played soccer for Quincy United. Uh, all three of my kids did play soccer. That's right. I remember two of them. Then I went, yeah, she also played. She broke her leg, and that was the end of her soccer her soccer career. Anyway, uh, basically, uh, I'd like to introduce you to our listeners. Um, you know, how did you get involved? What's your background in the sport and where you're from? Sure. Uh, I, I am originally from a small town in Oklahoma that probably nobody's ever heard of. So Give me a shot. Let me see if I've heard Lindsay, of it. Lindsay, Oklahoma. Where is that near? It would be about an hour south of Oklahoma City. Okay. That'd be the closest. Most I, knew, I knew of a guy who was from Ada, Oklahoma. I was actually born in Ada. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, so small world. <laughs> so uh, went there. I was actually recruited for um, sports at Hannibal LaGrange. Uh, at that time, it was college, university now. So I went to school there for four years. I ended up liking the area enough to stay around um, and, and started coaching for Hannibal LaGrange pretty much right out of graduation. Um, the year after I graduated, coached as an assistant for the women's team over there with uh, Jason Nichols and did that for five years and then went to a head coaching position. At that time, I joined in with Quincy United as just a coach um, and actually started with a developmental program helping Dave White, who's done a lot for this community. Yes, and Dave I think, White's been uh, around forever coaching yeah, soccer. <laughs> all the soccer community knows him. So, um Started started with him and then got involved with coaching one youth boys team within the club while I was uh, also coaching at Hannibal LaGrange. And uh, things led one thing to another and ended up uh, applying for their director of coaching position um, about, I guess, three years ago and, and got it and have been in it ever since. So I guess I'll, I'm going to start at the beginning and sort of work my way through the the cycle of as a as a, a parent of a potential soccer player. When should my kids start playing? Uh, for I mean, I, I think you try to get their foot on a ball as soon as you can. Um, from a competitive standpoint, as far as a, like for us, we we travel. I, I don't think that needs to start at three years old or four years old because Quincy now, three you three you <laughs> travel soccer yeah, would, right? be, would be would be an adventure. Yeah, and so and it, and it's interesting because a lot of big clubs say from like the St. Louis area will start them at younger than what you would I mean you would be really surprised no it's, kidding it's uh it's things like we would run 4v4 sessions here our developmental group for instance uh we start that this this year the birth year would start at 2016 uh or they're born in 2016 mm -hmm. a lot of clubs will start traveling kids at that age and we're on our side we're like we just want to help them develop skills we can give them games here in their own backyard <laughs> instead of having to travel three or four hours to play. Uh, so what I would say is, is you look for programs, for instance, like our developmental program. Uh, if, if your kid fits into that age, that birth year age group, which is 2014, 2016, sometimes we'll take 17s, but we have to feel pretty good about it. Um, 
But if they fit into that, you can get them in, and it goes once a week. So it's not like we're trying to drive people into the ground with it. We're introducing the game. We're teaching some basic fundamentals that will hopefully put them off on a good start. Um, And then we also give them – the way it works for us is we do one training day and then one game day. So we'll set up a day where all they do is play, and and it's good for parents to come out and watch and see, see their kids do some good things and funny things. Uh, and, and you have then, a good, you have a good funny uh, uh, four v four soccer story. Well, I, I don't know if it's necessarily from a team perspective, but but I've seen kids, uh, and this one actually kind of brought back my childhood because you talked about when's a good age to start. And my mom talks to me a lot about this because she will tell you that she started me too young. And my first year playing soccer, there would be kids. Uh, basically playing, trying to score goals, and I was just sitting on the on the ground, picking at the flowers, looking at mom, waving at her. And there's nothing wrong nope, with that. Nothing wrong, but but she would just be like, the ball would go right around you, you didn't care. You were just looking at the ground. And, and, and we had a kid that uh, it was pretty funny watching that I watched him get dribbled around, and he's just up, and he jumps up because mom said something to him, and he's waving at her in the air. And, and it's just, at that point, you're like, it's not too young, it's just, that's not their interest right now. It's right. not their main interest is to go score a goal. So. so as your kids and your program move along, you're talking about 4v4, having the one training day and everything. I know that for, for your purposes, you uh, I- increase the number of players on the field and you also increase the size of the field. Talk about that progression from – First touching the ball when you're four or five to your first 11 on 11 game. How does that go in your club? Right. So we start, like I said, we start with our developmental, which is the 4v4. And then from that point, our first, what we would say is our first actual travel team would be seven versus seven. Okay. And, and we try to welcome and walk people into the traveling world uh, by the first year, they'll do one tournament in the fall. And that's a St. Louis tournament, so it's not a big, big travel. And then in the spring, we'll have them do the Slicer League, which is two games on a weekend. And it could it could take four to five weekends from you. And then we'll also have them do one other tournament. Whereas if you get to our 11 v. 11 teams, they're doing one tournament in the fall, Slicer, two more tournaments in the spring. And one of, the, like, one of those bigger tournaments was Indianapolis this year. We're not going to take our younger kids to that because – uh, we're, we're not ready to send them on that bigger travel. So they start with the 7v7. They kind of get their feet wet with the travel world. Also the practice of you're looking at two practices a week. Uh, one, one thing, for instance, looking into our season is teams will, coming up this year is teams will have two practices a week. There's op- going to be an optional technical training and an optional open field where they come in and play. And so there's a lot of opportunity to get out and get on the field. But we also highly encourage it because when you go into that competitive side most teams we're playing are going to be training three to four times a week uh, even at the young 7v7 age but you go 7v7 and then it go you do that for two years after that you'll go to nine versus nine for two years and then you go to 11v11 and so at at what age are you when you're finally starting to play 11v11 so this year our our first teams going to 11v11 our first year teams are 2009 birth years so that puts uh, so them at 12. 12. Okay. Yeah, so 12-year-olds. Yep. Uh, you talked about traveling. Mm-hmm. How much – I mean, you, traveling has kind of become, I'll use the phrase, a necessary evil. It would be great if you could play all your games here in Quincy, but if you want to develop players 
who are doing this because they would like to play at the high school level. They'd like to th- even think about playing at the college level. To find the, the competition that you need, you have to travel. How much traveling do your 11v11 teams do? I mean, you've, you said you were five weekends probably with slice of games. Uh, t- just talk about the investment on the time and travel that you have to make. Sure. Uh, it, for our, our younger kids, so I would say eighth, eighth grade and below, um, their, their investment is, like I said, you're going to start training – the first week of September, you're going to train until basically November, so the fall's a little bit shorter, and you're going to have that fall tournament that's in O'Fallon, Illinois this year, okay? And, and we'll give them a little bit of time off for the holiday season, November, December. January comes back up, we kick back into gear, and you're looking at practicing January, February. Slice in St. Louis It starts could start as early as mid-February and go all the way until May, just depending on how they do your schedule. Um so you look at you, – you have that, and then with the tournaments, we, when we're looking at a tournament, say, Indianapolis, it's a five-hour drive. You're, you could have a Friday night game, so you may be leaving early Friday, and then you're playing Friday, you're playing Saturday. A po- if your team does well, you could be playing two games on Sunday, and you're looking at – could be getting home at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock. So, so there's some parts of that, but you want to get home late because that means your, your team did well. Um, and then you get into – uh, like our last tournament is typically Mother's Day weekend, and it's in Kansas City, um, it, and it's the same concept. You're gonna a lot of teams have Friday night games, uh, then Saturday, then two late Sunday, and, and so it goes. I would say for us, the good part is is a lot of really good teams are within the Kansas City, St. Louis area. So to find uh, a good level of competition, we don't have to go way way out of the range. Now, if you talk about our high school programs, we do sometimes go a little bit further just because, like you said, some of them want to play college. And so we, we're not helping them if we just stay in St. Louis. We're only letting them see or letting the St. Louis schools see them. So we've taken trips to Memphis, Tennessee, to Little Rock, Arkansas, to Wisconsin Dells. And, and so they, they make bigger trips, but we also try to split that program to a college prep program. So kids that have the interest and then just a competitive, so ones that maybe don't care about the college side of it, but they want to keep playing it for high school. And we'll take that college prep, and most of them, like I said, they're not worried about the travel because they want to get the exposure. So, so they'll go all over, and that's, that's okay with them. Let's take a quick break to let our listeners know about our sponsors. First, Tri-City Sports is not just a soccer store. You can also find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fanware to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. Need screen-printed apparel for your business, organization, fundraiser, or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489. Tri-City Sports also carries all of your soccer needs. Also, no matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-214-3482. And as I'm reading that spot there, the word training was used, and you used the word training. I think it would be important for some of our listeners to understand the type of training that Excel Performance is going to be offering is not the same type of training that you do. Talk about what you mean when you say training your players. Sure. So... 
with our training, what we are trying to do from the early ages is develop technical skills. So dribbling, passing, shooting. Uh, it, as they get older, there there are certain U.S. soccer regulations for head balls, but te- teaching them how to head a ball. And uh, and so when we talk about technical training, what I like to start with is dribbling because at at a younger kid's age, most of the time younger kids are they're about me, and, and it's not necessarily the we the team aspect yet, but it's about I want the ball, I want it. So instead of fighting that, we want to build into it and say, all right, if it's about you, let's let's learn how to dribble and let's teach you how to beat people off the off the dribble or use a move on somebody uh, or shooting that part too. So with our training, we, we start purely technical at, at the beginning and, and then we will slowly, as they build the technical side or yeah, the technical side, we will slowly go into the tactical side. And, and my, my old saying behind it is you can't do the tactical without the technical. And, and so it, it will start with uh, our younger kids will train one hour to one and a half hour. Uh, and, and it will be, 80% technical, and then the last 20% will probably be them playing a game, trying to use that technical skill that they worked on in practice. And, and so it, it can build up to our high school programs. We'll train two hours twice a week in that point. But we'll also give them homework, stuff to take home, because, I mean, if, even if you look at life in, in the working world, if you do something twice a week, you're probably not going to be great at it. You might be okay at it, but, but not great. So we challenge them to work on it every day. Uh, a certain amount of time. And then for me, what I like to do with my kids is I'll give them a skill that we've worked on in practice. And typically most of them only do it with their dominant foot, their right footed, left footed. And I'll say by next practice, I want to see it with your other foot. And, and they'll come back and I'll randomly call a kid and say, show it to me. And then they all kind of get wide eyed, like, oh no, he's calling us. So well, it's kind of uh, like, you did you do your homework and it's time for you to step up to the chalkboard? Yep, yep exactly. And so um, they, they respond well to it. And in the end, you kind of learn, they kind of like it. They want to see if they can do what you challenge them to do. Um, but, but it definitely starts with the technical of, of the dribbling. The first, first year, we're really going to focus on the dribble, 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 and getting comfortable with the ball and confident with the ball and, and knowing that if it comes to you and there's people coming after you, you don't get nervous with it. And then we build into the passing, the shooting aspect from there. There are so many different sports that are offered here in Quincy, but if there's one that has the capability of becoming all-consuming, soccer oftentimes moves to the top of that list. You talked about your schedule earlier, and you know you train in the fall, and you do this in the winter, and then you start your training again in the January, and you play to the end of May. Soccer can become year-round. How do you deal with that in regards to kids that are still developing, still figuring out what it is they like to do, and they go, well, I want to play on the baseball team too, Coach, or I want to be a basketball player. How do you balance that for those sure. kids? I mean, I, I feel like from our club standpoint that we do a really good job of working with those other sports because I, I can tell you personally I, want, I would want my kids to play other sports and, and to be involved in different activities. Uh, one part, as I said earlier in our schedule, is is we, we do set a distinct season. And we say from September to November, that, that's going to be our fall season. And then in the spring, from January 1 to Mother's Day, that, that is our spring season. And so once the Mother's Day is over, that tournament is over, we'll, we'll offer stuff, but it's completely optional. Um, I, I will tell my, my kids in the December or November, December time, and even that's a lot of time basketball season getting in. I'll tell them to get away. Like, don't play soccer. 
if you want to work with a ball, do it, but, but no structured practices, just take a break, get away. And some kids will go do that. Um, we, we have a lot, a lot of our parents will tell us, Hey, this is our baseball schedule. And a lot of coaches will try to work around it. Now games, you can't, we can't control when games are played, but practices, um, uh, a lot of times coaches, I think on the baseball side, also, they will, they will do the same as far as trying to work on the soccer practice side and, and not conflicting with each other. So, um, we, we don't, I mean, it's there, it's there that kids want to do others, but I don't feel like we force them to choose and, and I don't think we should. Um, but it's, it's just for us, we also want to say, this is our program. And so like the springtime, if this is our schedule, this is our games. And, and so all of our families coming in, will know our schedule except for Slisa because Slisa doesn't release it until February, but they know the dates of our tournaments. They know when our practices will start, when they will end. And, and so we try to, you know, hit that early and saying, this is when we're going to be gone. This is when we're practicing. Um, and then you have to look at the other sports. I know the families have to do that. And deci- sometimes you may have to decide. I've got a baseball tournament or a basketball tournament on the same day I have a soccer tournament. And um, and for us, obviously, we would ask them that if they're committing to us to, to come to our tournament because it doesn't just affect them, but it affects their team. And because if you're taking away from their team, it makes it tough. But for us, we're not – I mean, we're definitely not a year-round club, uh, and we do have those those busy moments and s- slow moments, but but I think we do a good job of giving some time away to do other sports, and even when they're in our season, we still work with it and allowing it to happen. Talk a little bit about now how many different – if you have an 11 and 12 level, mm-hmm. how many teams do you have? Do you just have one team at the 11, 12, one team at 13, or are you 13, you 14? How, t- sure. Talk about the structure of your of – your, because I have another question to ask you about that. Sure. So typically we – I would say most of our age groups, we have one team per okay. age group. Most of those teams are a max roster that we're allowed to have uh, unless U.S. are a max. Yeah, it'd be max. So like our 9v9, you can have a maximum of 16 players on okay. your roster. And so now if we have enough kids to form two teams, we we will definitely look at doing that. But for the most part, you, you've got one team yeah. per age group. So that brings me to my next question, which is you've got – essentially 15, eight, 15 to 18 players on a team, and you're servicing those kids great. What about the recreational opportunities for kids? Kids who either they didn't get it, they started late, uh, weren't as talented earlier, uh, didn't even, you know, they, they moved into town, they didn't know how to get involved. How, how does Quince, uh, the, the Quincy United work with, like, Quincipi soccer? Sure. So on the, the rec side, where I would tell you from, from our club point, that's a part that we need to grow at and, and get better at. And we've, we've discussed it a lot over the past year about exactly what you just said is we do a good job for the really competitive players, and it's their drive and it's their love. We need to be better about the ones that, hey, maybe their friend does it and they want to go out and do it with their friend because it's a good activity to do. And, and so one thing we had did before COVID started to or COVID hit is we had introduced and like I said, open field, but it was bring a friend. And, and so at that point, we would bring them and split them up into teams, and there were no refs. It was just here's the field, and we'll have some coaches to monitor it to make sure it doesn't get too crazy and just let them play. And and that seemed to – I mean, we would have nights where we would have 50 kids out there, and half of them would be United kids. And, and so it was fun, uh, fun for them. It was fun for our United kids, and, 
And so we offer that. We do also for for players that are wanting to kind of see if the competitive side is where they want to be. So maybe you have a kid that, like you said, they maybe they like soccer, they don't know. We offer what we call training opportunities, and it's a chance for them to train with the competitive team. So they won't do all the travel, but they're able to train. If we do a friendly, say a, a team wants to come into Quincy and scrimmage us, they can play in that, but they just wouldn't do the, the travel part. Um, from from the rec side, though, as far as like a rec league, it's something that we have on our radar that we want to start and we want to, to get in place. It's just making sure before we offer that that the schedule's right, the location's right, and, and the timing is right. If there was anything you could change about the youth soccer experience, whether that was locally or nationally, what would you change? Uh, I, I mean, I would probably talk nationally, and I feel like one thing within the United States that hinders a lot of families, and sometimes sometimes like we miss out on really, really good players, is that it's still it's kind of money-driven. And, and for us, I mean, we're non-for-profit, and, and even our, our travel teams will take a little bit of a loss trying to keep it cheap for them. And I would tell you that on our side, for us, it's, it's around $800 a year to do. Or if you go to St. Louis, it's, you're looking, it could be $1,500, $1,600, and, and that's, that's a lot of money. And, and so I wish that there was a way that on the national, national United States soccer side that they could reach out to a lot of these places that host tournaments, uh, clubs, because a lot of clubs host tournaments to make money off of it, and, and it drives up the cost, and uh, and so that part that part kind of kills me, just because I I really don't like people not being able to play because of the cost, um, which is which is one thing I do think our club does well about trying to do everything we can to keep it down, and um, but that that would be the big thing because I just I mean if you if a kid never gets to play, you'll never know what they can do, and, and so. It, I, I want everybody to have that opportunity it, to at least have a shot that if it's what you want to do, nothing's stopping you from that. And, and we're trying to do it. Like we have scholarships that we can offer kids and, and, and we're, we're trying to help combat that, but, but it's still really tough with how many fees we have to pay just to get them into the, into a tournament. So if somebody wanted to play for Quincy United or had more questions about it, how would they find out more? Sure. They can go onto our website, uh, which is quincyunitedsoccer.org and, they can at the there will be a contact to us. In that point, they can contact the board. They can contact myself. It has my my contact information on there, and, and they can ask any questions. If it's about our developmental program, if it is about our travel program, uh, or just just our program in general, they can go right on onto the website, and it's a, it's really easy to find all the information. Plus, our website has a lot of information about us, and and it it even shows the dates of our tournaments, things that we're doing, uh, and offering. We have a camp coming up next week that kids can register for. And so that's right on the front page that if kids want to come and do some camp camps, they can do that. And we also have a camp in August that will follow this one up too. As the former parent of a Quincy United soccer girls, uh, it is a valuable time. It's a, it's a fun experience. And uh, best of luck to you and Quincy United uh, as, as your season starts to ramp up yeah. here after the, when, the, when the weather cools yeah, down a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate bit. it, and I think you, thanks for having me and giving us a chance just to talk about Quincy United. And thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can catch other podcasts about youth sports by clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.